This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, October 8th. Coming up, during the pandemic, a Lawrence bookstore survived by shipping books to customers across the country. Now it's expanded to a bigger location to keep the operation going. Of course, you can't compete with Amazon in terms of selection or speed, but one thing you can have that they don't is a point of view that people really celebrate. How the beloved Raven Bookstore is changing to keep its doors open. Plus, we'll have some updates on the new terminal at the Kansas City International Airport. But first, the Dom Museum of Contemporary Art in Sedalia opened nearly two decades ago, and its special exhibitions often focus on Missouri artists. The latest show features Kansas City artists, nine women celebrating family and tackling environmental issues and social justice. KCUR's Laura Spencer has more. Donna Bachman's backyard patio in Roland Park, Kansas, overlooks a water garden with a waterfall, lily pads, and bright orange goldfish. Plain old goldfish, plus if you look carefully, you'll see this black and orange one. He's the shabunkin. He's kind of the boss. This garden has provided respite, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. And on Tuesday, Bachman sipped iced tea here with artists in the collective called Regeneration. You know, making art is a lonely business, don't you think? And um, we need people to look and to think and to talk about it. So I've been very grateful for that. It's been a really important part of this chapter in my life. Artist Sharon Hunter Putch sparked the idea of the Regen Collective after moving back to the Kansas City area. She says it's renewed old friendships and created a sense of community. There's always a diversity in the group of what kind of work we do, whether it's photography, printmaking, painting, whatever. The title of their group show at the Dom Museum of Contemporary Art is called Unsettled, Settled. And artist Catherine Vesey says it speaks to the uncertainty of the times, as well as the art making process. I think Sharon asked me one time how I knew that my paintings were finished. And I said, well, because they settle. <laughs> you know, I just know because everything seems to be done. It feels finished. The collective ranges in age from 60s to 80s. The oldest artist turns 90 in a few months. Vessi says there are shared experiences, as well as career paths as artist teachers. You've got um, a sisterhood, you know, it's, it's um, stimulating to me to see everybody else's work and to feel, you know, like we're, we're all in going in different directions. I mean, we all have very different approaches. The Dahm Museum is just about an hour and a half drive from Kansas City, or about a two-hour train ride, one of the stops along Amtrak's Missouri River Runner line. The museum is not far from the downtown train station on the campus of State Fair Community College. Dr. Harold Dahm, an art collector and retired radiologist, donated his 300-piece art collection and financed the museum, which opened to the public in 2002. Last month, installation was still underway inside the Dahm's large first-floor gallery. Director and curator Tom Pichet described the light. You know, it changes. It's the, the sun comes up on this side and then it moves over to there. So all, all day long, it's a different light effect as, as the day goes by. Of the nine artists in the collective, Pichet was familiar with three, with works in the museum's now more than 1,500-piece permanent collection. But others were new. It's a surprise, the, uh, the range of work, the various styles and media. It's, it was a, you know, it's a good round mix. There's Janet Coomerline's 1970s tapestry, Lynn Richardson's graphite drawings of Notre Dame Cathedral, 
Carol Zestopel's landscapes with rolling patterned hillsides, and Jane Pronko's twilight paintings. The six paintings kind of give a, a view of, of that, that moment when the sun is, is just about down and city life begins. She, she's a painter of city life primarily, automobiles and city, city street scenes. Like many other arts institutions, the Dom shut down during the pandemic for a six-month stretch in 2020. So far, says Pichet, traffic is not back to normal. But he says he's hopeful about this show and the potential draw for Kansas City audiences. We just want people to come, come east. It's a nice ride. You can have barbecue here, too. <laughs> and uh, that's, the whole, that's the goal. The exhibition runs through December 19th at the Dom Museum of Contemporary Art in Sedalia. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. UMB Private Wealth Management, a division of UMB Bank, takes the time to understand your history, goals, and priorities. UMB tailors financial planning services and resources to help you accumulate, preserve, and protect your wealth for whatever life throws your way. It's all about establishing a customized plan for you so you can focus on the important parts of life, like spending time with family and friends, pursuing your passions, or building a career. Feel confident about your future at UMB Private Wealth Management. Everything we do starts with you. Learn more at umb.com slash wealth hyphen management. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia dean Now for some headlines. Canada's Vantage Airport Group won out over four rival proposals yesterday to run the concessions at the new Kansas City International Airport Terminal when it opens in 2023. KCUR's Dan Margulies has more. A fierce battle over who will oversee the restaurants, bars and stores at the new KCI Airport Terminal culminated with the City Council favoring Vantage by a vote of 9-2. to two. The prize is a lucrative 15-year contract to manage the airport's food, beverage, and retail operations. Included in the Vantage proposal are many local vendors, such as Bowling's Chinese Restaurant, eateries from the City Market and 18th and Vine, Christopher Elbow Chocolates, and various barbecue operators. The Kansas City Zoo says it's still waiting to receive its doses of a COVID-19 vaccine formulated for animals after several lowland gorillas tested positive for the Delta variant. Missouri's state veterinarian still has to approve a list of specific animals the zoo wants to inoculate before the vaccination process can begin. Zoo Director of Animal Health Kirk Sudemeyer says the zoo applied for its doses in August and expects the shipment soon. This is something new that none of us are really familiar with. It isn't a disease of animals. It is a disease of people, and animals are a spillover. Sudemeyer says Charlie the gorilla, who was the first to be diagnosed, is recovering rapidly. Five other gorillas have tested positive for COVID as well, and the zoo is monitoring their symptoms. Book sales have been consistently strong during the pandemic, but big companies like Amazon have been the benefactors. Sales at bookstores fell nearly 30% last year. To compete with the big guys, indie booksellers in Kansas and Missouri have had to redefine what a bookstore is. KCUR's Mackenzie Martin reports. 
So pardon the dust. We've got fiction, poetry, and mystery, science fiction all on this side, nonfiction over here. The Raven Bookstore moved into its new front. location in downtown Lawrence a little over a month ago. And owner Danny Kane says he's already seen a huge increase in business from the foot traffic on Massachusetts Street. We've added three booksellers in the last six weeks. It's just going better than we could have possibly dreamed. Even the store's most famous employees, two outgoing cats, are adapting to the new space relatively well. The black cat is Nayo. She's taken to um, taking herself for walks a little bit. Sometimes we'll get a call from another business that's like, Nayo's here. We're working on it. <laughs> One of the reasons the Raven moved to a larger location was to better accommodate their new shipping operation, a pandemic pivot that unexpectedly took off last year when the store had to close to in-person browsing. They've been consistently shipping books to all 50 states ever since. It saved us. Really, that shipping is why we're still here. Previously, those orders were processed in the fiction section. But the new store has a back room where two employees manage orders full time. Before the pandemic, only 1% of the Raven sales took place online. Now, it's 30%. Here, you see a space that's designed for a kind of a new model of book selling that's both on the sales floor and online as well. Danny, of all people, knows how rare it is to be a successful small business in 2021. Earlier this year, he published a book called How to Resist Amazon and Why, the fight for local economics, data privacy, fair labor, independent bookstores, and a people-powered future. He self-identifies more as pro-bookstore than anti-Amazon, though. Well, of course you can't compete with Amazon in terms of selection or speed, but one thing you can have that they don't is a point of view that people really celebrate. And part of that viewpoint is about highlighting local and regional authors and participating in the community, whether that's in person or online. It begs the question, how important are brick and mortar locations to customers? It's never been easier to digitally support indie booksellers who are a part of your community or who curate collections you like. In Kansas City, sisters Lanisha Frazier and Lene Robinson own Bliss Books and Wine, a bookstore that pairs literature with complimentary wines. The pandemic stalled their search for a physical location, but in lieu of one, Lanesa's business has still been pretty good. Like every state, I'm shipping books everywhere, and they're like, we know you're not Amazon, we don't want Amazon. We want the owners that know who we are, they know what we like. They still want a brick-and-mortar location so they can serve wine and offer a gathering place for other avid Kansas City readers. But their entire business model has shifted. There's no way that we could just be the brick-and-mortar and cut out our extended community that we've built virtually. Like, th that is the, the Bliss family. It's everyone. It's all-inclusive. Likewise, Danny Kane is grateful to the Lawrence community for their support. But he doesn't want people to assume bookstores are suddenly going to be okay based on the success The Raven has seen recently. Because it's like we've had to work really hard to get here, and it's still, you know, it could, it could go wrong any second. Especially now, when the holidays are approaching on top of a strained U.S. Postal Service and a myriad of supply chain issues. It's all the more reason, Danny says, to shop early for the holidays. Because in the end, indie bookstores won't ever be able to compete with Amazon's selection or speed. But what they do offer may matter more to the customer, their personal curation. That includes books and, in some cases, even wine pairings. 
from a, a purely economic standpoint, this isn't the most efficient or cheapest way to buy books. But is it more ethical than buying books on Amazon? I would certainly argue that, and I think a lot of our customers would too. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Mackenzie Martin. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by CJ Janovey. You can read Laura's story on the Dom Museum's new exhibit and Mackenzie's story on bookstores at kcur.org, where you can also find our live stream and more local news. And as always, you can catch Kansas City's NPR station live on the air at 89.3 FM. On Monday, we'll take a close look at how climate change is affecting people's mental health. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.